Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Volume. Snaps is presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Remember, football season is coming. There's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. Look, man, I love college football, okay? I love the NFL. I like college football. Futures, win totals, Heisman bets, all of that, and it's all there for me on FanDuel. It's all kind of great promos going on all the time as well. If you want to take advantage of some great deals, get a little bang for your buck. Look, there's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's because it's easy to use, it's safe and secure, you get your winnings fast, and uh, if you're into parlays, like I know many of us are, right? Wait, who doesn't want to turn five bucks into a couple of thousand, right? Well, guess what? You can do same game parlays, you can uh, do do you know multiple team parlays, whatever you want. They even have the most popular same game parlays for you each day right when you log in. So again, if you're new, all you got to do, it's very easy, y'all. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with the promo code Colin. It's promo code Colin with a capital C. I know that we sent you over here from Snaps. What are you waiting for? Let's have some fun on FanDuel. Must be 21 and present in select states only. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Arizona, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700. Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. West Virginia. What is up, everyone? Welcome back in for Snaps Part 2. That's right. We're back here. Day 2 of Snaps on the volume. Thank you to Papa Colin. 
Thank you to FanDuel for making it happen, man. And uh, as you can tell, we got a great show planned for y'all today. Look, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, please the algorithmic gods that rule our existence, and uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast feed as well. We'll give you all those links later. Shout out to everyone who's hanging out here in the chat. Uh, right now, let me welcome in my brand new co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, dude? The sparkly whites look fantastic, paired with the white shirt. How are you feeling today, man? Oh, I'm feeling good. And and you got a impersonator on your hands here in the YouTube chat. I, I see. know, dude. Who doesn't want to be T-Bob? I mean, the beard, the humor, it's, the it's, looks, the hair, the flow. We talk about my pearly whites. I mean, my man's got some flow that I'm very here. jealous of. Yeah. We are I got, I got the Stetson back here. I, like I want it. the Stetson. We look, I, I did the, you know, you know, Stetson at the high, the high fade. He, look, he means business this year. I, I went with my little mini Stetson for, for the season. As long as you don't go full Tebow and start getting that hard line fade in the center of your skull, we're going to be all good. <laughs> uh, you know who else is all good right now, Aaron? Uh, Nick Saban. As mm. um, much too the well whatever the anger of the rest of the college football world nick saban has now signed an extension to 2030 and this extension once again makes him the highest paid coach in all of college football an eight-year 93.6 million dollar deal that's an average of 11.7 million annually that comes from brandon marcello who used to cover uh auburn back in the day uh, and, and before we get into this question of Alabama and whether or not they are actually good for college football, because I have some thoughts, and I think we're actually different minds on this one. But before we get there, I got to say, Aaron, what a time to be Nick Saban. Like, what a station to have reached in life where you know, because you are the best at what you do, that no matter what anybody else gets paid, like, you're automatically going to make more. Mm -hmm. And there, there's no argument against it, right? It doesn't even matter that oh. Kirby beat you in the natty last year and took you over. No, you're going to make more money. A rising tide raises all ships, but it especially raises Nick's. So shout out to Papa Nick getting paid once again. Well, he deserves it, man. He's the best coach in, in, of all time. He is the GOAT. So I understand why if someone gets paid a little bit more, what does Alabama do? Say, okay, let's give Nick Saban a raise because he deserves it. And once again, who is favored to win the national championship this season? Alabama. And I think it's between them and Ohio State. Obviously, we'll get more and more into that as we get closer and closer to the real kickoff in week one. But he deserves every stinking penny. I think what most people are worried about is the kicker that the money goes up in 2030 so people are like all right nick saban you're i don't know north of 70 years old like you've done everything like what more is there to accomplish yet they see the number 2030 and say please please don't tell me that he's gonna be coaching until 2030 that's another seven eight years i mean the guy first of all he looks good you know we talk about us he looking looks good with our hair he looks, he looks really too. good he loves what he does so for him, like, what, what is the rush? If you love what you're doing, he's obviously adapting extremely well to, you know, the transfer portal. He said it last year. Hey, if you guys want to add transfer portal, I will dominate. He's dominated it. If you want to NIL, my guys are going to get paid. That's fine. Like, he has been a, a, a guy that has just taken it in stride and continues to go out there and, and get the top players through the transfer portal through recruiting and once again, put the number one team on the field heading into the season. So I don't see him tying it up anytime soon. 
And my man's just going to continue raking in cash and cash and cash and, and buying more and more houses. Well, and what's funny is like, I, I don't now now no, look, never doubt a rich person's ability to want more money, right? I think human beings have proven that. Uh, and sure, you can argue things like generational wealth, setting up the next generation. But with him, I don't even think it's necessarily about that. I think it is competitive. He wants to be the highly paid simply because he is the best. I'll never forget, bro. Back in 2003, when he was at LSU, he had a clause in his contract where when he won the natty, he got paid $1 more automatically than the highest paid coach. Okay. So that at that point, you know, it ain't about the money. It's about clearly saying, no, 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 I am the best. And therefore, what is Justin right in this world, I will be paid as the best. And what's wild now is that Nick Saban, even pre this contract over the past 13 years, has made $100 million as Alabama's head coach. In fact, if you look since 2009, this comes from front office sports Twitter account, they've paid him $21,500 a day, Aaron, a day. Cash in 21.5. And, and I get it. And the response has been like, he's actually underpaid. And I get all that. But what a wild number. But but to kind of drive. You know what's, what's crazy, though, T-Bob, too? You know what's crazy, too, yeah. is he doesn't have to buy a lot of things either. Let's 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 remember no, that. Like, there's a lot of things as a coach. You're also getting taken care of. you got a car deal. I'm sure you got a nice hookup on a house, uh, food, clothes. Like, it's not like his expenses are through the roof either, unless his wife is out there just buying things left and right, which she can, and good for her. She's she she deserves it. Dealing in and being a coach's it. wife she deserves not, everything. It's, it is not easy yeah. being a coach's wife. I, I will say that, and this is why you and I are doing this show, and I'm not out there coaching. It is it is a pain in the ass to be a college coach. I mean, they just they're never home. Um, yeah. So she deserves to go out there and continue to swipe that credit card. But there is not a lot of expenses that go with being a college coach either so he's really raking in a lot of money and i don't think the taxes no, dude, they get, in tuscaloosa they get alabama aren't that bad either <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i'm saying cost of living at t-town's fine and they get like car deals shoe deals everything man shout out to nick look the reason why i got paid all this later in the show we're gonna do 10 win tuesday right we're gonna look at teams that we think can maybe win 10 games some of the top teams see if we're believers or not alabama on FanDuel is minus 3500 to win 10 Regular season games, you would have to bet $3,500 that Alabama will go at least 10 to 2 to win 100 bucks. That's absurd. Like, that is Vegas telling you uh, the dominance of Nick Saban right there. So it does beg the question, Aaron, is the dominance of Alabama and Nick Saban, is this actually a good thing for college football? I think it is. I, I, I do. I think there's nothing wrong with having that 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 goal for every team to want to get to for every fan base to to bitch and moan like hey we want to be Alabama I mean what is everyone in the West and in the SEC and I, I guess you could say across the country what do they always say hey we want Nick Saban we want uh, the consistency we want to be fighting for championships year in and year out so there's nothing wrong with having that model of success to strive for to be able to get there. So I'm all for it. I know there's some people that want to say, oh, it's not great that I always have, you know, the playoffs are always the same and Alabama's always in the playoffs and Alabama's always in the, you know, national championship conversation. Well, then get better, do better and continue to find ways to, to be like Alabama. And, and what are some of the most successful teams that we've seen? Well, they're built by coaches 
that were under Nick Saban at one point. And right now the closest thing to it is probably Kirby at the University of Georgia. He's taken that Alabama model. He's brought it to Athens. And I think, honestly, Kirby's built a product that is going to have long-term success similar to what we're seeing in Tuscaloosa. So I'm all for it. I'm all for having that elite whether coach, team, player. I mean, you talk about the MJs of the world. You talk about what Tom Brady's done in the NFL. You talk about LeBron when he was in his heyday and, and, and what he was doing, whether it's in Cleveland or LA or Miami. Like, I'm all for that champion because I love seeing the success. And and and, and with comes success, comes haters, come people that, that want to just rip you down. That's just part of the world we live in, not just sports, but in general in life. And I understand that, but I'm all for seeing someone kick some butt. Well, invite me to the players hater ball here, Aaron, because no, F that dude, screw Alabama. It's awful for the sport. I hate it. I hate it. It makes the sport legitimately boring. Like, you know what's going to happen every year. Imagine this. Let's hop in our time machines here and let's go back in time to the beginning of the BCS era, okay? A more innocent time. Uh, uh, I mean, look at it. Okay, so we'll start at 1998, and we'll go through 10 years of national champions. Tennessee, Florida State, Oklahoma, Miami, Ohio State, LSU and USC, USC, Texas, Florida, LSU, Florida. I mean, back and forth, different teams, different conferences, everybody having that legitimate feeling at the beginning of the year where, oh my God, maybe this can be our year. Maybe we can do it. Hell, if we go back to 1990, Georgia Tech and Colorado <laughs> split a national championship. Like there used to be uh, hope and opportunity. Nick Saban in his dominance has snuffed that out. He's taken it and ground us down into nothing. And it's depressing. I mean, they've won since 09, since the 10 years I just found it off. They've won six of the last 13. The murder ball they play on the weekend is so boring. Like the two, when Alabama is on 230 at CBS, you know it's going to be garbage. Maybe it's exciting for a half. And the second half, it's Gary Dan. And everyone's like, oh, Gary Danson loves Alabama. No, he's calling Alabama games and Alabama's kicking everybody's ass. What do you want to do? I, I would say this if success, if Alabama's success is at one positive, it's that they are irrelevant. The Alabama Crimson Tide are irrelevant to 99% of college football. Now, Aaron, your Georgia Bulldogs, Ohio State, maybe Oklahoma recently, these are teams that actually can concern themselves with Alabama. But from where I sit and from most of the country sits, like I have about as much in common with Alabama as I do Elon Musk. Okay, they're well, up this there is in my gilded ivory tower. Well, this Go is ahead. coming from a guy, that an LSU guy, that they've won two national championships in what the past 15, 20 years. I mean, you guys have had more success yeah, that's true. than that's anyone true. else. And so I, I, I don't want to hear the no, no, the, okay, the okay, 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 story okay, okay, over okay, here. Okay, it's only can't. Oklahoma, no, no. Georgia. <laughs> LSU has had success versus Alabama. And let's okay. not forget okay, 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 recently, okay, okay. too. So Let's take at, let's take LSU a bit out of it then, because I, I feel okay. you. Even though under Top 500 over the last two years, here. under I'm in the mod, Aaron. I'm fighting for <laughs> eight and four. Okay, you just worry about winning the East and like the SEC championship, which we know is going to be Georgia and Alabama. Y'all worry about that. I'm trying to worry about beating Mike Lee. Two in and fifteen years. State. Two in fifteen years. T Bob. Three yeah, in twenty one. Yeah. Thanks yeah, to, that's true. to Bilbo out. Baggins in the chat. Thank you. Shout out. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a out. lot okay. of national okay. championships okay. for Mr. <laughs> Boo Hoo LSU over there. Like, yes, I understand. Like, 
I think the product in the field from a consumer standpoint is the issue here. You know, you turn on to an Alabama game and Saban's had some issues with this too. You know, he talks about, you know, our fans are, you know, they're leaving in the third, fourth quarter, but well, cause you're beating everyone by four scores. Like I understand like, Hey, let's go get to the bars and go celebrate and have some fun because, you know, maybe we don't want to see the backups playing uh, this afternoon. So I think that is the, the, the bigger issue for me is they just dominate everyone. I mean, literally every single weekend for the majority of, of, of the past 15 years, they're going to win a game by double digits just the way it is. So I understand from a consumer yeah. standpoint, you're kind of sick of seeing that. But once again, I'm in the mindset of, I love seeing success. I love seeing someone be the absolute best at their craft. And right now, Nick Saban is the best coach. He's the best at what he does. What he teaches his players is the best, the, the coordinators, everything that goes into it. It's just, it's perfection. And I love seeing that. I'm sorry. Like I want to see some, I want to see an engine moving the way it should. I want to see an offense and defense doing what they should. And Alabama right now, it's, it's the closest thing to watching an NFL game when it comes to what they're, what they're putting on the field on both sides of the football. So I, I do want to be clear about this, right? Uh, do not mistake me saying Alabama is irrelevant as me somehow taking away from what Nick Saban has accomplished. Um, it's unbelievable what he has accomplished. As he said, I used to actually like get hyped up for and argue against Alabama and 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 talk to all my Alabama friends about how no, we're going to get your ass this year or whatever, blah 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 blah. And that has been literally beat out of me. Right. Like I, I constantly compare Alabama to the Roman Empire because I feel like one of the barbarian tribes, like I feel like the Gauls, they have, despite all my, you know, trying to rebel and whatnot, eventually they just ground me under their heel into submission. And you only do that through otherworldly sustained excellence. The only thing is I do think, look, I think it's been good for the SEC. Okay, as we talk about SEC and Big Ten, I think like you're saying, Aaron, it has challenged other schools to raise their own levels of facilities, processes, how they recruit, like everything top to bottom. And granted, it's led to a lot of turnover and it's led to Auburn having to pay like $80 million in buyouts. But, you know, there's always going to be casualties along the way. But overall, if you look at the SEC football product right now, it's maybe in the best space it's ever been. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single team in the SEC West is in the top 30 on Bill Connolly's S&P Plus. Get to that a bit more in a second. And a lot of them have ties to, like you said, Nick Saban. So no doubt he has cracked some code that has increased the quality of the conference. I just, in an ideal college football world, I wish you could get to a more NFL level of parity where, yeah, certainly you're going to have your dominant franchises that kind of feel like they're there year in and year out. But it would be maybe a bit nicer if there were, um, you know, a, a, a larger group of teams where I enter the season, I feel like, okay, they can legitimately win a national championship. Maybe an expanded playoff gets us there. But the thing is, I mean, if we're being honest, I don't know about you, Aaron, I don't feel like it does as long as Nick Saban is around and well, he's I not going anywhere. Well, I think it does because to me, I think what Alabama's done better than anyone else is, is they've they've created a roster 
that is not just in the Southeast. It's not just Alabama. It's not Louisiana. But I mean, they're getting kids from Florida. They're getting kids from Ohio. And they're getting kids from California. I mean, you look at, you know, some of the quarterbacks they've had. I mean, they go to the West Coast. And what's the selling point? Like, why do you want to go to USC or UCLA and stay on the West Coast and not compete for championships, not have an opportunity to win the Heisman, not have an opportunity to, to, to get, you know, drafted in the top few rounds of the NFL draft? Come on to Alabama. We're on national television every single week. Mom and dad can see you. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt to get there maybe, but still turn the television, come watch me every single weekend. So they are they are getting those kids from the West Coast. So I do think the one positive of, of, of expansion would be more opportunities for more teams to be in the playoffs, to have that feeling you alluded to, like, man, if I'm yes. a you know, team five through 20 heading into a season – like, I know I'm not going to make the playoffs. So what what am I really fighting for? And even when you and I played in the yeah. BCS era, like, it was depressing. Like, if I if we lost one game, like, <laughs> middle of the so season, bad. we're like, well, there goes our damn season. Like, we can't make the national championship, so this sucks. Like, it, it did. It sucked. Like, what is there left to fight for? So if there is that, that sense of, hey, man, we still got a chance, even if we lost one or two games, maybe even three, to get into the playoffs, more TV exposure, more reasons for kids to possibly stay on the West Coast when we know California has plenty of talent on that side of the country, I think can add to more competitive games, more competitive leagues compared to what we're seeing now where it's like, hey, we know there's only four teams in it. Alabama's going to be one of them. And if I want to play in the playoffs, then I'm going to leave the state of California or Texas or, or Washington and go play in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, I'm a huge fan of the expanded playoffs. I, not that I think that things will change too much at the top. Like I still think, you know, your Alabama's and Georgia's will be there at the end, but the matchups that you will get outside of that are going to be fantastic. And to your point, Aaron, with LSU, uh, one would figure that, you know, in an expanded playoff, they eventually find their way back there. But Aaron, uh, poor old me as the LSU fan, how do you explain this? Mm. LSU, the lowest rated team in the SEC West on the S&P Plus. I mean, again, I'm out here in the mud, Aaron. I'm trying to go eight and four, and Vegas is telling me six and a half over-unders. Conley's telling me six and a half. I mean, are they wrong? Who's right in this? How? Like, What should the expectations be reasonably under Brian Kelly here in year one? They're, they're dead-ass wrong. I'll be honest with you right now. I think this oh. is a team. I, I love Brian Kelly. You know What he did at Notre Dame – I consider him to be a, a top five coach in all of America. I mean, there are certain restrictions that you have and, and challenges that you face being the head coach of Notre Dame. I mean, let's let's think about this for, for a second. Notre Dame was had a chance to go to the playoffs last year. And Brian Kelly said, no, let me go be at a 500 school. Let me go be at a school yeah. that is, is that's at <laughs> six and six. That that's just tells you all you need to know about being the head coach there uh, for the Fighting Irish. And then obviously the talent that is loaded at LSU, and then throwing in another fact, LSU had 10 guys drafted to the NFL for a 500 team, had 10 guys drafted. We know there's talent in the state. We know there's talent in the roster. They just need a coach to organize things. And, and when you talk to LSU players, and I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of them over the past few months, what do they say? Things are a lot more organized, detail-oriented, focused. And, and that is what Coach Kelly brings to this team that Coach Edo obviously did not. It was, hey, we won a national championship. We had a special year. We had a, an incredible quarterback and some talented guys around him, and we just just dominated. But that's you can't get a Joe Burrow every single year, yeah. so you need that detail-oriented coach to come in there 
and coach up these four and five star guys that we know is flooded on that roster. So when I look at the roster, when I look at guys like like Kayshawn coming back, and obviously John Emery may be missing some time early in the season, but talented running back. Uh, defensively, they got plenty of talent from BJ Ojolari and Mike Jones, and we know what they got the cornerback position. I'm excited to see what they got at, at, at quarterback, you know, with Jaden and, and, and Nussmeyer possibly taking over at some point this season. There is talent at LSU. To me, when I look at the roster and I look at the rest of the SEC West, I know the West is is, is terrifying. I think they could be an A4 team, and, I, and it would not surprise me either, based on what we see from quarterback play, it would not surprise me if LSU found a way to get to nine wins this year. Would not be surprised at all. And, okay, so a, a few things that I find very interesting because uh, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, eight and four has been kind of my boring answer floor. However, um, you know, I, I sometimes struggle to see the forest of the trees with some of this stuff, right? Because I have talked so much LSU and when I mean, you look behind me, jerseys, blah, 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 right? Um, so it's nice to hear that from an outside source. As far as like explaining the S&P specifically, I, I don't think it's that tough. S&P Plus, which I love, it's a predictive measure by Bill Connolly, which is always hard trying to tell the future, right? It looks at three main factors, returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. When you view LSU through this lens, uh, well, it, it's easy to see why they struggle with these metrics, right? Sure, the recent recruiting's been great, but returning production, none of it. I mean, uh, again, you got down to 39 scholarship players. You have all new pieces entering recent history. You've been under 500 combined over the past two years. You bring in 15, 16, excuse me, you bring in 16 new transfers this offseason. And so I would actually say that LSU, maybe less so than being able to predict that they're going to be bad, they are what Connolly referred to USC as, as, quote, basically unprojectable, right? Like, mm -hmm. I just don't know that a, that a predictive analytic measure is going to be able to put an accurate number on them. For the reasons you name, Brian Kelly, the processes he's put into place, which are all about accountability, habit creation, mind training. I did a whole bit on the mind training, uh, the mental workouts that they've been doing in terms of not just like they're not football based, but how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with just things in your everyday life. Like the process that Brian Kelly has put into place, it will definitely have return this year, I believe. But long term, I think it's going to sustain some of these success that you're seeing out of Alabama, that you're seeing out of Georgia. I think Kelly will eventually get LSU into that club. I want to ask you about Jaden Daniels, though, because so much of all of this and all of football goes back to quarterback. And to get a bit sociological, you know, there's the nature versus nurture argument, right? How much of your personality you were born with maybe versus how much the environment when you were in. Uh, when you look at Jaden Daniels, incredible freshman year stats, has fallen off since, has, has regressed in a lot of areas. If you're looking at this, how much of that do you think is due to maybe the kind of broken nature of Arizona State, which we're learning was yep. kind of more and more messed up and has a whole lot of drama going on, and how much of it is maybe Jaden Daniels isn't that guy? Like, Do you think you'll see more freshman Jaden Daniels now that he's in a Brian Kelly-led LSU program? 
Well, I definitely think his surroundings is, is, is better. You know, I listed out some of the talent around him. I mean, Kayshawn is one of the premier receivers in college football. Does I have him as your your top guy on the outside is is obviously better than what Arizona State had. You got guys like Malik Neighbors on the outside as well, Jack Beck. So talent around him is going to elevate his game. And then obviously being coached, and I'll hit on it again, by one of the top coaches in college football is going to help elevate your game as well so yes the nurture part thing tells me that this kid should get better this season based on his surroundings based on the coaching staff but overall you can you can only coach throwing the football so much there's only so many technical things mm. that you can do you, you can either rip it or you can't rip it at the end of the day and i know a big reason for him possibly being the starter over a guy like garrett nussmeyer who is more of the pure thrower who I think could still possibly take over at some point this season is because yeah. of his legs, because of his ability to get inside and outside the pocket to extend plays uh, when things break down to, to, to help aid an offensive line that could be average to good this year, but not great. And, and it brings me up to a story that I had last year after the national championship game, you know, we're celebrating Todd Munkin came up to me after the game and we're chatting away. And, you know, he said, Hey, you know, how proud are you of Stetson? And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of the kid. It, it's amazing to see what he did. And he flat out told me like, man, I, I went with Stetson even when JT came back because Stetson gave us the best chance to win because of his legs. Offensive line was good, not great. We needed a guy that can get into outside the pocket. We needed a guy that can extend plays and someone that could get us a first down on third down using his mobility that's what Jaden gives them the ability to do when things aren't great, when things aren't 100% yeah. up front with those five. Let just go out there and be a ball player, man. Just go out there and, and, and act like this is pickup football when you're in, in middle school. And, and that can get you by early on. But I do think long term success, I'm a believer based on what I've seen and based on the people that I've talked to there at LSU. And obviously, you can reiterate this Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be that guy. It's just a matter of when the coaching staff gives him the football. Well, I mean, look, uh, I love Nussmeyer's intangibles. He has that kind of fu irrational confidence, right? Like he's the type of guy that could throw a bad pick and just be like, "Whatever, dude, I'm still the man," and like go back out there and throw. And and I don't mean that uh, condescendingly. I mean that as a big positive as a quarterback. Um, I, I yes, the, the 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 problem is when you're dealing with someone who can run like Daniels can, and he's been making good decisions. He's been throwing the ball much better than he was in spring. Uh, it's just a lot to overcome. Like I don't think Nuss's decision making and arm and accuracy are developed enough to overcome Daniels' legs as of late. But I could be wrong. Look, th th this battle's still not decided. I, I have Daniels. Nope. So I was gambling. If I was betting on today, I would still bet Daniels. But like you said. A couple games go awry. Maybe once the games actually start, Daniels isn't playing well. Like the gap is not large enough where they won't give Nuss a chance. I fully expect that they could that they uh, that they probably will. Uh, but to your point, man, you got a freshman left tackle who's going to be a beast, but he is a true freshman. Yep. You got two transfer guards. You got a center that I love his talent, but he's never played center before, and a right tackle who I love his talent, but he's never played right tackle before. Jaden Daniels. Uh, masks a lot of those problems. I was at the scrimmage the other day. Will Campbell, left tackle, gets beat. Should have been an easy sack. What does it turn into? A 30-yard gain, right? And, and even though Nuss can run, he can't run like that. And so we'll see. But, but at the end of the day, we are not panicking. I am not panicking about LSU being last in the S&P in the West because as a predictive measure, there is no great way to predict 
this LSU team. And I'm inclined to agree with Aaron that the talent combined with Brian Kelly winning in his active coach in college mm-hmm. football gives him a higher floor than a lot of people are uh, maybe giving them credit for. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Speaking of giving credit, let's talk a little Heisman as we look to figure out uh, who we think are some of the favorites to take home the top award in college football this year. And there's a couple chalky guys. In fact, there's three chalky guys, in my opinion, here. However, one of them with much more insane odds than the other. Uh, but let's start with the quarterbacks, Aaron, as this has become a bit of mm-hmm. a quarterback award. And uh, 
right now. You like C.J. Stroud at plus 200 to take home uh, the Heisman at the end of the year. What is it about Stroud that gives him the nod over like a Bryce Young? The talent around him. Uh, I think right now when you look at Bryce and you saw the dip in the national championship game when he lost some of the top receivers around him through to, through to injury, uh, the production went down a little bit. And I do think when I look at Alabama this year and I look about what they have returning and what you know Nick Saban is going to want to do, I think they're going to want to play great defense. Just everyone, obviously, it's a, it's a easy answer. Let's play great defense. But they saw last year how successful Georgia was winning a championship, playing that style of football. Run it. Take care of it. Once again, let Stetson do his thing with his legs to extend drives, extend, you know, and make some plays, but just play great defense. And you look at Will Anderson and, and, and some of the other pieces they have inside the football, they're going to be the premier defense in this league. You look at Alabama on the offensive side of the football and what they lost at the receiving spot, they will be good. And they did hit the transfer portal. They brought some guys in. But overall, this is not going to be the same offense that they had last year. So I think production drops back a little bit. And I think if you're going to want to repeat as a Heisman, you better put up similar numbers or better numbers. Because in my mind as a voter, if a guy goes out there and throws five less touchdowns yeah. or more, why am I going to give you a Heisman for you not hitting those marks you did last year? So I just don't think that he's going to be able to replicate or duplicate what he did last season because of the talent around him, because of the type of football team that Nick Saban has built to win a championship this season. Defense, defense, defense. Run the ball. Take care of the ball. Eat at the clock is how Alabama is going to go 14-0 most likely or 15-0 this season. I look at Ohio State. <laughs> Defensively, yeah, they got new D.C., the emphasis on that side of the football, but C.J. Stroud I think is a stud. I think he's the best quarterback in all of America right now. They got Travion Henderson coming back at running back that be able to balance a defense out where you just can't play too high to slow down the pass. Uh, and then they got one of the best, if not the best, receivers in, in America in, in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, and we all saw what he did last year in the bowl game. So I think that the, the combination of having the running ability uh, to having Henderson back at the back, to having the premier receiver in all of college football, to knowing the fact that you have to score 40, 50 points a game because you don't have the luxury of having a defense that's going to hold teams and in, in the lower, you know, 15 and below is going to force Ohio state to throw, 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 have stupid numbers. Yeah. So to me, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on CJ Stroud. And kind of my dark horse in the whole thing too would be Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson is the best player in all of America. And if it wasn't a quarterback award like you alluded to, and it was going to the best player, it's got to be Will Anderson. He's an, he's an absolute freak. And if he puts up similar numbers than he did last year, he will be in New York and have an opportunity to win this thing. Yeah. So, okay. On Stroud, real quick. Um, I didn't quite realize until prepping for this. I'd be like, I forgot just how insane his numbers were. 72% completion, 4,400 yards, 44 touchdowns, six picks. Here's the crazy one, Aaron. 10 yards per attempt, 10.1. Like if you're looking for the best single number to judge a quarterback play by, yards per attempt is the elite one because it combines a little bit of everything. It's an efficiency metric. Every time this dude dropped back, they were gaining a first down. Uh, it's 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 well, and then I look at Bryce Young's numbers, right? 67 percent completion, 4,800 yards, nine yards per attempt, 47 to seven touchdown interception ratio. All numbers that are mind blowing, all numbers we travel back in time five, 10 years, you 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 would have thought them unfathomable on the college level. But what it does lead me to believe is I'm getting a little bit of um 
numbers fatigue, right? I think it was, I think this is attributed to Stalin, but like, as we learned with quotes in history, almost nobody ever said the quotes that we said, they said, but whatever. Stalin, it was, you know, he's claimed to saying like, you know, one death is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. That's a bit how I'm feeling about these quarterback numbers. Those numbers should blow me away. But in a post-Joe Burrow era, while they are amazing, like there are two guys that actually both kind of did it last year. There is one guy that still exists independently of his peers. And that's the guy you name, Will Anderson, okay? And that's who I love in this Heisman conversation, not only because he got cheated last year and he should have been there, and so there's going to be a kind of natural undercurrent of, okay, let's give Will Anderson his just due. But how's this for numbers? 17 and a half sacks, first in the country. And granted, I think there was like one guy with like 16 in there uh, from Army or something, but 33 and a half tackles for loss. Second place in the country was Devin Lloyd out of Utah at 22. 33% more TFLs than the second best player in the entire country. That is separating from your peers. That's how you establish yourself as the best player in college football. And what's wild is I'm looking on FanDuel, CJ Stroud, plus 200, Bryce Young, plus 400. Makes a lot of sense. Will Anderson, plus 3,000, y'all. Take plus it, 3, baby. 30 to 1. You know what? what are we doing, dude? Like, put, this, just this put goes your right money to... down on that and just hope for the best. You have a very good chance of that uh, hitting. I, I'm with you. I, I may put some after this show, actually. But yes. the one thing we, we, we started the show talking about, the the – Alabama fatigue factor. I think this plays into it as well. You know, as a as a oh, a fan fair. or a voter, are you just like, man? Well, one, first off, you're 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 splitting votes, and that's probably you know goes into the issue last year a little bit of why he didn't end up making it to 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 the finals for the Heisman. Is you know you got Bryce there; he's the Alabama quarterback. Are we voting for two guys? And then this year, once again, are we going to vote for two guys, two Alabama guys? Hey, they're going to be undefeated. Hey, they're going to the national championship. Hey, do we want to give another Alabama player? a national championship trophy. I do think when it comes to the voting, there's going to be a fatigue factor with this entire thing. And I, I don't want people to get mistaken here. Like I'm not doubting Bryce Young's ability out there to be able to make it to New York, to be able to possibly win a, a, a back-to-back Heisman trophy. I'm just saying the bar is set extremely high with less talent around yeah. him. The kid's going to have an exceptional year. The kid's going to be an all-American player. He's going to be able to put himself in a chance to be a first-round draft pick after the season, but it obviously it's not easy to go back-to-back national champion or Heisman trophies, and it's not going to be easy, especially when you have the best defensive player on your roster to possibly taking away some votes. So I think those are the two things that hurt both Bryce and Will heading into the season. They're going to be stealing each other's votes. The Alabama fatigue, which gives CJ a huge leg up. If Ohio State's able to make a run to the college football playoff, to me, he's he's an easy favorite to pick. Yeah, and 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 on Bryce, I mean, I, I think the ultimate example of this is uh, I'll never forget uh, because it's when you know we were in our uh, youthful college football primes in terms of enjoying it in junior high and high school. Uh, but there were the Matt Liner years where he mm-hmm. won the Heisman. He had a actually like pretty significantly statistically superior year the following year, and yet Reggie Bush won the Heisman. 
because like a lot of people felt like the year before actually maybe it should have been Bush and though even though Liner was statistically better in year number two you're not going to give it to a guy for a second year in a row right like as much as it would have to be Bryce who who Bryce Young is an incredible uh young man by the way as well like yep. The amount of poise, maturity, confidence that every that this dude carries himself with, and it never like seems to tip over into arrogance or cockiness. Like I love Joe Burrow's kind of arrogance and swagger or whatever you want to call it. Um, but Bryce Young somehow manages to affect a cool confidence without even giving off that. He just seems very nice. So like I like everything about Bryce Young, but for him to repeat. Not only, like you said, Aaron, would he have to probably be statistically better? CJ Stroud would have to take back a take a step back. He's cribbing votes from Anderson. It's just there's just too much working against him at this time. So if I was choosing this dude, I would obviously, I mean, just take the flyer on Anderson. Why not, man? Yeah. The potential payout is so big, and it's a case that I already can feel like I can put this in front of Heisman voters, and uh, and 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 I feel like they would buy it. I feel like they would buy it, but. We'll see. We'll see, man. Again, I just can't get over that these quarterback numbers are just par for the course now. I mean, yep. Aaron, these were like numbers that you were putting up when it was blowing people's well, minds, and now it's just what, everybody you know doesn't. And and part of the reason why is the the offenses you're seeing now in, in high school too, and all the camps and all the specialty quarterback coaches that are working with these kids from you know freshman year, sophomore year, junior, senior year. Like these kids know – the basics. I feel like when you and I played, and I'm talking about like old men here, and I do get a couple of grays, but you know, most of the offenses <laughs> that you saw in high school coming up in, in the early 2000s were, you know, whether the wing T, maybe a couple play action passes. And I felt like, you know, towards my, I would say, junior, senior year, we started to get to more of a spread offense where we spread out, we were throwing the ball a good a bunch, uh, seeing some complex uh, offenses. But if we were going against basic defenses. We saw like cover three and cover two. That was it. I mean, it was pretty easy just to go four verts and throw touchdowns every other play. Now yes. you're seeing if you go to a high school game, everyone's running the spread. Everyone's running RPOs and zone reads. And all these coaches are going to coaching clinics and, and college coaching clinics and NFL coaching clinics and taking it back and trying to implement it into their, 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 their high school team. So these high school quarterbacks are showing up. They know the basic defenses. They know the basics when it comes to the offense. They're ready to step in as freshmen and play right away because they've had the reps. And then obviously now you see the reps are essentially the offenses in college football. These guys are throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Yeah. I threw the ball 25 <laughs> to 30 on a good day. Like 30 was a good day for me. 30 is like first half stats for half these quarterbacks nowadays. So yeah, stats are through the freaking roof. I'm jealous. Uh, I would have, you know, maybe want to heisen myself if I if Bo didn't handicap me into doing, you know, hand the ball off to. Who wants to hand the ball off to Todd Gurley every other Todd play? Todd Gurley. I mean, he's overrated. Yeah, who wants to hand the ball to Todd? Know, yeah, Todd stealing my throws, uh, Todd. I mean, it is funny because it has led to an offseason where now every Bama person I talk to is like, we got to run the ball more. Like, okay, chill out, dude. Uh, let's do a little 10-win Tuesday rapid fire here. We got uh, we got about five or six teams here, and we're going to tell you whether or not we're going to tell you two things. Do you think they're capable of winning 10 games? And would you take the bet? Let's start with Michigan. You got the Wolverines, minus 125. I'll say this, man. You got to go to Ohio State. I'm counting that as a loss, okay? 
I do like your weapons. Solid wide receiver core. The running back, Blake Corum, is going to be a beast. He averaged six and a half yards a carry last year with 100 carries. So nice sample size. But, but, but at the end of the day, we're talking 10 regular season wins. No bowl game. At the end of the day, it's quarterback for me. And there's Cade McNamara and, and, and McCarthy. And yes, McCarthy has the higher upside. Harbaugh's never got consistent quarterback play. I am going no to 10 wins on Michigan. And so, of course, at minus odds, I'm not taking them for 10 wins. No to both. No to both for me, too. Uh, You lose a lot on defense side of the football. I mean, this was a defense that obviously carried them with Hutchinson on the outside. Uh, You lose a good portion of that. You lose your leader, uh, your disruptor. And I'm with you, man. I do not believe. You go back and watch the film last year of Michigan. I do not believe and I cannot believe in in these quarterbacks taking that significant jump to be able to to essentially make up for the lack of of the superior defense that most likely we'll see. I mean, the defense is not going to be as good as they were last year, similar to what we talk about with Georgia. Georgia's defense, there's no way you can replicate what happened on the field last year. You just lost too many talented players. Not saying the defense is going to be horrendous by any means. It's still going to be a good defense for Michigan, but the offense has to take a major leap forward in order to take over that gap. And I just don't think from a quarterback standpoint, they have that ability. So I'm with you under 10 wins, and I definitely ain't putting my money on the Michigan Wolverines. Next up, the USC Trojans. Maybe the most interesting team in the offseason. Look, man, if you look at the schedule, eight games they should win. Four maybes, Fresno State at Utah, at UCLA, Notre Dame. I think USC is capable of winning two of those four. And so I don't like the coastal elites of California, but I'll give it to Papa Collin and company. I think USC, I, w- I do think they will win 10 games. However, I do not trust them enough to bet on them, okay? Not at minus odds. I'm not betting them, but I do think they'll win 10. I'll, I'll reverse it. I don't I don't feel confident they'll win 10 games just because we really haven't seen can a team go primarily through the transfer portal to build a roster. Uh, this this The most successful teams that I've seen in my life, from youth football to, to college to the NFL, are the teams that have a very good core set of players that are together for an extended period of time. They build trust. They build leadership. They build... Uh, camaraderie and, and right now USC doesn't have that so for me to feel like a team can can bring together a bunch of players from all over the country figure each other out figure out all those components and have success on the field I'm not buying it I just don't I, I'm a traditionalist I think the best way to build a team is getting great young talent from the high school ranks developing those guys teaching them your way of playing football and then two three years in you put them on the field and see what they can do so until it's proven I'm going to be a doubter about the transfer portal and having immediate success. So I say under 10 wins. I think they are nine, eight to nine win team. But for 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 betting purposes, I'll put a little cash on them and see if they can get to that 10 win okay. mark. Next up, we're in a plus odd territories, boys. And we'll go with Oklahoma plus 125. Uh, look, I look at a couple of things. First off, they get Texas and Oklahoma State at home. Okay, I love that when trying to craft 10 wins. Also, I'll rely on Bill Connolly here, the S&P Plus. Uh, he said in an article today that the S&P Plus actually gives Oklahoma a 61% chance to go 10-2. and two. So you give me two big home games against the best opponents, you give me Connolly, you give me plus odds. I'm going yes to 10 wins, and I'm going yes, place to bet Oklahoma to get the double digits regular season. 
I'm, I'm going to jump on that train with you too. I mean, you look at Venables, you know he's going to bring a, a an energy to that defense, an emphasis on defense, 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 which we're not used to seeing, for especially in that league, especially from Oklahoma. What do you think, Oklahoma? You think, okay, let's shoot out 56 to 50 type games. I think there's going to be, hey, we got to focus on slowing down some of these offenses. I think overall in the Big 12 this year, you're going to see a little bit better defensive play. Think Baylor and what you saw last year. Uh, and then you look at the offensive side of the football with with Levy and, and Dylan Gabriel and the familiarity with that offense. You oh, talk man. to players like Marvin Mims and and other receivers and running backs. They talk about you know Dylan's leadership the the minute he stepped onto that facility, teaching guys the offense, his command. Uh, to me, that gives me a lot of confidence. And obviously, you alluded to their schedule. I still think Oklahoma has some of the best talent, if not the best talent inside the big 12 so give me yeah. the 10 and i'll and I'll, I'll throw some money on them as well all right notre dame plus 200 uh it's interesting the irish have won 10 games uh five years in a row um and i don't hate the schedule it starts very tough right at ohio yep. state uh, I would say is a for sure loss. Uh, BYU in Vegas is not easy, especially if you look up the Cougs in Vegas, but I think it's doable. You get Clemson at home. Um, and, yeah, I don't love the quarterback position. A lot's going to be on the shoulders of Tyler Buckner. But Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, did say Brian Kelly really wanted Tommy Reese to come to LSU. Uh, Reese said, no, I'm staying here in South Bend. Another year with Buckner. Defense will be elite once again. I'm going yes to both. I'm putting money on Notre Dame. And I think they win 10 games. I love Marcus Freeman. I had an opportunity to cover Marcus when he was at Cincinnati and got to know him really well when he was a DC there and, and knew he was going to get an opportunity to coach at a high level and, and excited to see what he could do in his first season at Notre Dame. And obviously we've seen the videos, the, the, the players believe in him. Uh, they're going to fight for him. The schedule's a grind. I mean, you lose to, you know, you're most likely going to lose that first game versus Ohio State. Uh, Clemson, you know, depends on what DJU looks like this year, but Clemson, that defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the country. I feel really good about Clemson, even though they're traveling to Notre Dame. And then USC, by the end of the season, I talk about the transfer portal and, and guys building that chemistry. The good thing is I would rather play USC early than late. You allow Caleb Williams and those guys to get the ball rolling and figuring things out. They could be a dangerous team down the stretch. I'd give advantage, especially on the road. Notre Dame on the road at USC, advantage to USC yeah, in that true. matchup. So I think Notre Dame, to me, best case scenario, if I had to go through the entire schedule, 9-3 and three football team. So I will not put my bet on the Fighting Irish. Like I said, first-year head coach. Don't Still don't love the quarterback position. Um, and, and the schedule is just going to be a little bit too tough for me to, to feel confident saying they're going to win 10 games. Oklahoma State, real quick here, because I threw this in because it's an odd one, okay? 12 years, last 12 years at Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy's won 10 games seven times. I don't love the quarterback play. Spencer Sanders needs to improve drastically. I think the defense will be very good again. I don't actually think Oklahoma State will win 10 games, but if we're looking for teams that could at plus 300, I don't hate it. If you want to just throw a flyer there, throw five bucks, 10 bucks, try to triple up, we'll see. Oklahoma State, not going to win, but I will throw some bones on it. Just wasted money over T Bob. I thought you were more conservative than that. I'm not going to waste. I got I got baby number two on the way. Uh, that's true. More diapers. That's more, you know, maybe formula eventually, toys, this, that, and the other. And it's a girl, so now I got to get new clothes. So I'm not going to take a flyer at Oklahoma State. Don't love the schedule. I'm with you on, on, on Sanders. I mean, guy threw 12 interceptions last year to only 20 touchdowns. I love his athleticism, but I don't trust him 
in big games and big game moments, not to turn the ball over, not to put his team in a bad situation. At Baylor, at Oklahoma, at Kansas State, some of the teams that they have to play this year, uh, don't like it. So no go for the money, no go for the 10 wins for Oklahoma Mm -hmm. State for me. Well, you may not trust Mike Gundy, but you know who I do trust? Ryan Brumley, our excellent producer. So a huge thank you to Ryan for making the show happen. A huge thank you to everybody hanging out in the chat. Remember to like and subscribe to the volume. Thank you to the volume. Go ahead and check out the Snaps podcast feed, rate, review, all the things that please the algorithmic gods that rule our existence. Aaron, a huge thank you to you as well. And uh, hey, boys, we'll be back again tomorrow, 2 p.m., with a brand new episode of Snaps. Y'all have a great day. The Volume. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.